Hello, everyone. I'm Colin Tyson of Wrestling.com, joined by Robert DeFleece to talk about Friday Night SmackDown. Robert, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good, Colin. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. Zelina Vega is back in WWE. Edge is running around trying to give people the cross face with a lead pipe. I, I'm excited about Friday Night SmackDown. This week's show was good. There was a lot, a lot to like. Some some stuff not to like, but uh, overall, I left the show feeling pretty excited, and obviously we'll talk about it. Uh, before we do, just want to remind you all of this show, like everything we do here at WrestleZone, is available on any number of streaming platforms, whether it's SoundCloud, Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, whatever it may be, we've got you covered, so leave a like and subscribe. Now, we didn't do the show last week because we had a couple scheduling changes. I took a very rare weekend off, so Robert, we might as well start with the, the main event kind of stuff here, because last week we saw Edge come back and attack Roman Reigns. This week, Edge uh, explained... I guess his absence and his thoughts about facing Reigns and basically he said, I know I could beat Roman Reigns. I came close to WrestleMania. He even mentioned uh, the, the Dana Bryan did cost him the match at WrestleMania. So I thought it was interesting that he referenced Dana Bryan, given what's going on there. But uh, overall here, Edge is back, cut a good promo. Um, I thought it was interesting that he focused on the, the fact that the, the one shot of like Roman's eyes at WrestleMania and that, can, that came up later in the show as well. But the fact that Roman's scared of him and he knows he's in Roman's head and his closing line, at least in the opener, was that Edge, is he said he's inevitable and he knows that he can be Roman Reigns. Although he did say someday, he didn't even emphasize money in the bank. I thought that was interesting as well. But overall, we do know that Edge will be facing Roman Reigns for the title at Money in the Bank. Robert, what do you think about all this? Okay, I'm... I love Edge. I think he's fantastic. I think he's, as a promo cutter, he does some really good work, but he's not the, he doesn't work for me as a heel, you know? I mean, as a baby face, he works for me as a heel because him just saying, I'm in your head, I'm in your head. Yeah, but you got stacked at WrestleMania, and, like, what are you doing, pal? You got stacked, you know? I don't know if he really has a right to a match. I'm glad he's getting it, but it seems like like it's a little lazy. Like, they're just going, hey, let's do what we were going to do at WrestleMania, but didn't. I could, you know, I could see that it it might be a little lazy, but I think it's fair, right? This is the for the Royal Rumble winner. You're supposed to get that one-on-one match uh, at WrestleMania. Edge didn't get it, so we still, yeah, technically, yeah, Edge got stacked and pinned at WrestleMania, but we don't know uh, uh, on paper that Roman can beat Edge one-on-one. So there is some valid. Uh, you know, a, a valid argument to to that case where it's like, right, I I think I can beat Roman. It came close to WrestleMania in this triple threat match, so therefore I, I'm pretty sure I can beat him. Or in Edge's case, I, I know I can beat him one on one. To me, it's funny. Like, I know from Money in the Bank is going to be this huge pay per view. The fans will be back. It'll be a lot of fun. But Money in the Bank is, uh, you know, a, a second tier pay per view. Let's say it's not one of the big ones. It almost feels like we're getting almost too big of a match for it like you know especially if you look at just the way that it falls we got money in the bank then SummerSlam, and obviously all the rumors about john cena coming back facing roman reigns potentially this almost feels like a, a if not a lame, a lame duck situation like it's just kind of a a stopgap whereas for me i even though we saw the triple threat feud for wrestlemania i want 
I don't know. I feel I can't feel that oh, this will be temporary. And then uh, more other rumors suggesting that Seth Rollins will face Edge. And on that note, Eddie Zahari is uh, predicting Rollins will cost Edge the match at Money in the Bank because he wants to chomp to the title. And Edge kind of took that shot from him. I think that's a possibility. But I don't know. In a way, it's just, it feels like this match is almost too big for this um, relatively minor pay-per-view. And again, especially this, the fact that it will probably be a one-off for now. It, it, it almost feels... I may that may be bittersweet, I'll say, because I'm obviously very excited for it, but I can't help but feel that the the outcome will be inevitable, but not in the in favor of Edge. Would you would you agree? I mean, I don't I don't see Edge winning. You know, it is what it is. But my hope is that eventually we get to see Edge. Seth Rollins, maybe for the title. I'd like to see Rollins beat Cesaro next week, win Money in the Bank. Uh, I'd be cool with, hey, Edge actually got by Roman. Hey, Rollins is right here. You know, that's a fun story. Not as fun as John Cena and Roman Reigns, and I understand that. You know, I there's a world where I'd like to see John Cena fight Edge. It's been 15 years since they last fought at a SummerSlam, and uh, I think that'd be a lot of fun. But... You know, Edge is getting this match because he didn't get Mania, and he's a good surprise for live fans to have a title match, kind of like Kofi on the Raw side of things. Yes. And for me, I, I will say I like the story they're telling where, you know, Edge came out last night and he said, you know, uh, you know, I, I had this this dream, this plan of winning the title of WrestleMania. And of course, you're talking about it back then, the, the 10 years to the day that he that he uh, relinquished the title and, and he got hurt and, and he had to retire. And now he came back and all that stuff. And, you know, usually, especially with, I guess, I'll say WWE, you get those kind of stories. WWE goes through through the it's a happy ending. Everybody wins. Edge didn't win. So now we have to see what happens when the hero of a story fails and, and what that looks like. I do. I, I do kind of like that wrinkle there. Uh, and then especially like presuming that he loses, uh, they won one match he never got at Money in the Bank, you know, then, you know, to me, that, that is something a little interesting, just that idea of the hero failing in this case, not, not repeatedly, but failing the two like big shots here, like then what? And then, you know, I'd be interested to see how they potentially set up Rollins if it's a, if that's the direction they want to go, if it's him interfering or whatever, I think that'll be a great match as well. Uh, definitely a lot of good possibilities there. But Robbie, you mentioned Money in the Bank, so that's a very good segue because obviously, like I said, last week didn't talk about it. We got to see a couple, uh, I guess last week and this week combined, and then just uh, across both brands, Money in the Bank pretty much set, and then we'll have two more qualify matches next week. So uh, tonight, or, or last night, we saw Kevin Owens qualify for Money in the Bank by beating Sami Zayn in a brutal last man standing match. I like the match a lot. And I tweeted about it like these guys, you know, they're always going to do it, have a great match. They're there's so much history. They know each other so well, you know, it's just always going to be a very good match uh, in the ring. I just it's always I just wish they ha- would have a little more story, a little more that WWE would give us a little more emotional investment. Like These guys have started have been feuding recently and there hasn't really been a whole lot of meat on the bone there. So there is something a little disappointing about that. But I thought this match was great. Kevin Owens. Every week doing some some crazy bumps. He went through two tables. He took a hip toss on the announce table. He took a, a suplex on the apron. Guys just going out there doing crazy things. And to me, when I see it, like, you know, Sami Zayn, I think he had two haluva kicks on top of all of that. And at that point, I thought, wow. if Sammy I thought he knocked the – honestly, he hit about three haluva kicks. And I was like, oh, maybe Kevin is going to go away. That's what I thought too. Yeah. But uh, Kevin – 
landed on his feet, popped back up, and just beat the whole beat the shit out of Sami Zayn. He uh, it was a nice callback to multiple power bombs, including the apron bomb. I don't want to see Sami Zayn for a little bit. I want him to sell this for as long as possible. Come back as maybe the babyface Sami Zayn with the crowds back. The crowds are going to want to sing that theme song and cheer Sammy because Sammy's fun. Sammy's a decent human being outside of television. He really, you know, cares about his fellow man and all that. So it's hard to boo him. You got to take that into account now. Yeah, I I think that'd be fun. Um, As we've talked about before, as good as the work he's doing as his heel has been, maybe, maybe it might be time to kind of go in a different direction and bring it back with the fans, especially coming back uh, just two weeks from now. Uh, that would definitely be something. But for me, like one, just seeing him, you know, beat the living tar out of Kevin Owens of the, the, the movie kicks and everything. I thought, wow, you know, he'll, he'll look pretty bad if he loses. Cause like that just kind of shows he, that he can't, it literally can't keep up Kevin Owens down. And just again, the, the, the table spot and everything, but then the specific, the, the way that he lost, you know, the three power rounds, the one on the apron being the, the clincher. I'm like, all right, that's a pretty good way to go out. Cause nobody would go up from those three power bombs. Um, so I, I would agree. I think that this, uh, that specific way would be a good, uh, reason to kind of have him go quote unquote, go away for a little bit and come back with a, maybe a different mindset, you know, maybe, maybe the motive being that he, he lost his friend and he saw the error in his ways or something like that. Um, so Kevin Owens qualified. We last week we saw Biggie qualify as well. Uh, next week on the SmackDown side, we're gonna see, and this is the the problem here. Like, there's a lot to talk to, to enjoy on SmackDown, but yet again, ongoing feuds, never ending. We next week we're gonna see Baron Corbin face Shinsuke Na- or King Nakamura yet again to qualify, and also another match between Cesaro and Seth Rollins. So obviously, it makes sense to have those matches because they've been feuding, but they've been feuding for for quite a while now. And I think Nakamura and Corbin have faced off, I think at least like six times. The other, like I think that was like cage matches. They faced, they've had, they've had a bunch of matches lately. Uh, and I thought we we were kind of getting them move past that after uh, Nakamura took the crown, but I guess not. Um, of those two, and then we could talk about the Raw side as well. But on those two, you mentioned you want to see Seth Rollins win. I'd have to imagine Shinsuke Nakamura would win, based on him being the king. Corbin going through the losing streak kind of thing here but uh oh at least on the smackdown side of things do you see any one of these guys really being a realistic or preferred contender to win of these the ones yet to qualify oh of the ones that have qualified and the ones that i, I think big, well well biggie's winning the briefcase I think biggie is, well i'll get to that in a second first of all you mentioned the rematches I wish Bill Pritchard was here because he's a father of some young children. He can tell you repetition is key when you are trying to learn and nurture. And I, uh, it's got to be these writers that need to learn and be nurtured because we know that maybe they don't know much about wrestling. So if they see repetition and repetitious activities and rivalries, maybe that's how they learn wrestling. Maybe that's all this is, Colin. Maybe that's what it is. But as far as who's going to win the briefcase, Big E, Big e Langston. Because we should say Langston, because damn it, we got to put respect on the name of Langston. Biggie Langston is going to win that briefcase. And I think, should Kofi Kingston fail to defeat Bobby Lashley, Biggie 
gets the job done and New Day still walks away successful. I, I think like that's it. the way to go. Now, obviously, I, I, we've talked about this for months. I want I want Biggie to get pushed to the moon. I want him to get that title run. I thought he'd win the Royal Rumble. I thought he'd challenge for the title at WrestleMania. I thought, and then when that didn't happen, I thought that he'd be in a position where he could be challenging for the title at SummerSlam. Then probably probably John Cena instead, and that's cool. But for me, I, I and the Money in the Bank great way to kind of uh, still get that end goal of Biggie going to that next level. But for me. This is a guy that's just been kind of floating around aimlessly on SmackDown, still lost the title. He's still been in the periphery of the title scene with Apollo Crews. He has gone a feud with Aleister Black. Well, no, happened there. Um, so I, I, I think winning the Money in the Bank briefcase would be, uh, I, I guess, a good consolation prize in that sense. But for me, call me old fashioned, but I like when Money in the Bank winners are built up nicely. And John and I talked this on the Raw podcast. John, or uh, we were talking about it, but. I don't like Riddle in a lot of ways. I don't. I haven't cared for the gimmick for a long time, um, you know. And, and yet, and yet, he has put on great matches. The way he's been built up makes me think: okay, of the people in this match, and even the ones that could still qualify, he's the one that makes the most sense. Riddle has been pushed pretty consistently for months. He's been he's been winning. He's been, you know, and there it's been there's been some. You know some missteps here and there and that's obviously fair but to me of all of the people in this match i think he has the strongest case in a lot of ways other, other than I, I would say him or biggie but i think the way that he's been positioned lately to me a riddle makes more sense in that way although personally yes i would root for biggie and we, we still have two weeks to kind of maybe build him up a little more but you know i don't know to me the if he wins it'll be a little disappointing in the sense that like that okay. they hasn't been built up enough and that oh. lately lately i'll say so if you want me to dissect this like this i think everybody on the raw side sucks i i like morrison but he right now he's literally goofy sidekick to the goofy biz and unless he was to just magically undergo a change where he's like yeah i i'm a serious competitor now i don't see it being Morrison's time. Ricochet is going to do a lot of flips. And live crowds are going to be in the audience. That's going to be amazing because Ricochet is going to flip. And that's all I got for Ricochet. Riddle is clearly in a tag team situation with Randy. And if Randy was in the match, I'd say maybe one of those two has have a chance of winning. And who is the fourth? I'm Drew. Oh, man. (laughs) Come on. You just told the story of this guy can't challenge for the title. And I'm sorry, but the idea of Drew winning the briefcase to go over to SmackDown, it doesn't necessarily fill me with, oh, wow, that's something that's never been done before. So immediately you're like, all right, never mind Raw. And we're all on SmackDown right now. Okay, so Kevin Owens is great. And if he wants to, you know, kick it up a notch and be on that next level again, I think Owens should hold on to it, turn heel at some point, cash in the briefcase. Uh, Biggie, I think, should win the damn briefcase. He just should. Like, the, he should be the main guy right now. Oh, I agree. Or... I agree the winner of Cesaro and Seth Rollins because Cesaro 
would get a massive pop if he won Money in the Bank because people would understand, my God, he's basically just won the title. And Rollins, I think, could do the most with it from a character standpoint, but Rollins has already had it. That was seven years ago. It was so, like, he doesn't need it. I, I think it's all on Big E. I mean, I could, I can just now imagine the pop that he would get because every, everybody loves Big E. Like, but pretty much, by, like, by and large, everyone loves Big E. I think that'd be great. Uh, for me, no matter who wins, and I said this to John, I'm on the Raw show, but whoever wins, I just want them to be booked seriously. That's the, the big problem here. Even like both leading into the match, and then we often see uh, after the, after these Money in the Bank matches, we saw with The Miz, we saw with Otis, just str- uh, strings of losses, and uh, no, like the whoever wins doesn't really quote unquote get over, right? We saw with Otis, just his Money in the Bank run failed. The Miz, he did cash in, and, and that worked out for him, kind of, but you know, just the you know, I don't know why that seems to be the pattern, but you know, I want them whoever wins to be positioned as a, a legit contender, you know. So if it is even let's say a ricochet or John Morrison, you know, then at least they uh, on paper have that uh, you know, that on theory they have that shot to win it. So for me, I, I want to see, I would like to see Big E most, most definitely. I think that'd be great, but um, I really think that he need they would need to really kind of just start getting serious and, and really positioning him in that sense. So I would, I would definitely hope to see that because I've been hoping to see that anyway, and this would be a great uh, motive to do that. So I very much hope to see that uh, happen at Money in the Bank. And on the other side of things, the women's Money in the Bank match uh, got an unexpected participant last night because Zelina Vega came back. Um, now, I will admit, uh, I saw a couple of tweets floating around out there that kind of spoiled this right before it happened. And uh, without context, it, it was like, you know, gifts of vegas saying like oh pay attention to, the, to this next ne- next segment she came out as uh, sonia deville gave her gives literally gave her a spot in the money in the bank match and of course Liv morgan came out and was like hey i i can i can be on this show and you're giving the spot to someone that got she didn't say got fired but we no, know she didn't here is the big issue with this whole thing first of all i don't think i'm overstepping here subscribe to fightful select you would know that this is going to happen because Sean Rossap does his due diligence and it was out there about an hour before the show that Zelina was getting closer to coming back. They, they treated her like, like a nobody. And, and I'm not even being mean. They did treat her like a nobody, right? They did literally go, oh, hey, it's Zelina. Yeah, she's one of the top superstars in WWE as if she hasn't been gone for almost a year she wasn't injured you're not like oh she's kind of like her injury you're just like oh yeah she's here look look it's her and then they go to commercial they come back in mid move the match is already halfway done she loses to Liv morgan and we're just like all right selena's back big missed opportunity because when she left man wasn't everybody talking about Zelina vega how oh she's pro union and I look well I'm not one way or the other on that. Like if the woman wants to go back to WWE and provide for herself and her family, that is her prerogative. And I think that anybody saying otherwise, you know, is stupid. But I don't understand why the company is just like, here's Zelina. Okay, that's over. It's very strange. I don't know why they're doing this bit on SmackDown where. Sonia is just handing people spots in the women's match. 
and then tells Seth Rollins he can't just be handed a spot in the Money in the Bank ladder match. It's weird. Yeah. Um, Liv Morgan seems like the obvious to win the briefcase right now. But then you go, well, you got Bliss on Monday Night Raw, and you don't bet against Bliss. You don't bet against Bliss when she's the goddess, let alone when she is the show-closing Bray Wyatt uh, embodiment of this new character. So I got to go with Alexa. But I don't know. I think um, I do think Liv Morgan has a shot. I want Sonya to put herself in the match, though. Yeah, that's, that's something. That's the one I want to see. Well, we do have two more uh, spots yet to be determined. Looking through it now, we've got Asuka, Naomi, Alexa Bliss, Superhero Nikki Cross, Carmella, Zelina Vega, and those two spots that are yet to be determined. For me, the weird thing, like I was, I was very happy to see Zelina Vega come back. I thought she, or I still think she has a lot of potential when she got fired, released, fired, whatever. Uh, I was very disappointed. I thought that she was not utilized anywhere near as, as well as she could have been, should have been. Um, the, but the weird thing is that bringing her back in this capacity, she's a wrestler. We really haven't seen her as a wrestler in WWE on the main roster. And when we have, hasn't it's not like she's been all that successful i remember uh, i guess it was last fall she had a couple matches she lost to bianca belair did some mixed tag team matches with andrade and angel garza pretty sure they, they lost most of those um i think she lost to oscar in the title match at one point she just got a title match um that's it like as far, as far as i can recall and they bring her back and they're like oh here's someone that's quote unquote deserving of being in this money in the bank lottery match that this match that can obviously change your entire career that can give you a, a, a shot at the title you know to me that is a little weird like that and i thought her promo explaining it was i mean she explained that in some ways that she uh, like she kind of hinted at her background other than wwe that she has had experience elsewhere and like and that's fine but you know uh, in terms of the in the, in the wwe vacuum like you know not the strongest case and then you bring her back and she loses and yes that's to help Liv morgan i think that's a very good thing for Liv morgan but you bring Selena Vega back and she loses like that, then it's like, you know, the, the losing her first night back. It's, it's, it's not a good look. So if I look at this, for me, and I, I think I talk about this every, every time she comes up, I want Alexa Bliss to be in the title scene. I want Alexa Bliss to win the title. I thought, you know, she. I think she should have won the title way back in January, which is facing Asuka, almost did in Randy Coster. I think that, you know, a, a, a Bliss title win in this, you know, supernatural fiend-like gimmick is overdue. Um you know, so to me, I think that, yeah, Robert, you say you shouldn't bet against Bliss, but at the same time, she doesn't really need it, where, like, she could pretty easily just kind of build up her case as a title kinder on Raw, uh, especially, you know, once we're past this Ray Ripley, Charlotte Flair stuff. Uh, otherwise, uh, Asuka, probably not. Nikki Cross, yeah, maybe, probably not. Um, I see Liv Morgan is pretty realistic in terms of the way what we've been seeing, that kind of underdog story. And that's that final spot. I don't know. Uh, SmackDown, we've talked about it before. They've got seven women's women's wrestlers. Raw has a little more depth, but not not much more, especially after all, all these releases. So I don't know. I uh, I guess of the people I can think of at this point, Liv Morgan makes sense. And I think John and I talked about it. If you save one spot for like a mystery entrant, maybe you do like a I don't know, maybe, maybe Sasha. I I don't know. But, uh, realistically, I think Liv Morgan makes the most sense here. I think that'd be very good for her, and I think she's long overdue for having that kind of opportunity for for herself in that sense. So, um, 
hopefully next week we'll, we'll find out that those final two spots so we can have a more uh, firm idea of what the match will be. But at least at this point, I think Liv Morgan would be my favorite. Someone else who used to be my favorite and uh, is going through a bit of, had been going through a rough time, but now back on top, Otis getting a monster push on SmackDown. This man beat the tar out of Montez Ford, wrote him off, and then this week dominated Angela Dawkins. So all of a sudden, Otis, a force to be reckoned with on Friday Night SmackDown. Robert, what do you think about this? New would have been, been, been a lot cooler when he had the briefcase, pal. Like, <laughs> they're not getting the pass here. I under you can say, oh well, he's he went through a lot, and he's you know now he's more serious because he lost his partner and his girl and is this? No, you dropped the ball with him. You're returning the live crowds. This would have been an angle to do last year when there were no crowds in sight because they had had a year to adjust to this new Otis. But people are just going to be like, I don't know, man, we want Otis who's talking about ham and mm. we get like a, we're not going to have that now. So, I miss that guy. Yeah, I miss Tucky too. I mean, yeah. it would, would be nice. But I, I like the push for what it is, though. He does have some kind of like Undertaker, Undertaker, uh, Vader <laughs> tendencies. Right. I was Undertaker just popped up on my screen. That's why I said that. But uh, he does have some Vader tendencies. And I can get down with it. I just don't know how long it's going to last. I don't, I don't know. I, I, I just, at least for, for, Let's say this is like second week in a row. He's looked good, getting built up as you know a, a relatively uh, powerful player on SmackDown, at least in the, in the tag title picture. We didn't see the Mysterios this week, but I have to imagine that we will probably get uh, Alpha Academy versus the Mysterios sooner and later. Because again, talk up talk about lack of depth in the women's division. Tag division isn't much better. But by the uh, way, this... we I never want to hear them ever again. Use the excuse of the champion is incapable of defending the title for 30 days. We we are past that point. I never want them to use that again on somebody because Dominic hasn't defended the title in at least 30 days. Um, he just disappeared for about three, four weeks. And then we're just like cool with that. I don't, I don't yeah. like it. That's one of those where I mean, WWE can uh, write their own rules and do do their own thing, and not much we can do about it. But uh, yeah, I mean, Thomas Bellier in the comments saying the title has no credibility, and when when yeah, when you've got the, the champions going missing or not defending for weeks on end, that certainly doesn't help that you know any legitimacy that the, the title may have. Um, and I mean, Ray, Ray Mysterio had said weeks ago, he's not sure when time he's going to be back. So I don't know how long this is going to go. Um, and yeah, it is frustrating that at the, at the very same time, uh, plenty of other storylines, whatever, they'll turn right around and say, oh, the champion hasn't defended uh, for convenience sake. We'll say the champion hasn't defended the title uh, for a month or whatever. Same thing with Sheamus, although Sheamus is injured. But in some ways, maybe, maybe they should have vacated the title in that sense because uh, he hasn't defended in quite a bit now because of the, because of that injury. So no, I, I definitely agree. There's some frustration there. Uh, someone else is being, who feels pretty frustrated over on SmackDown right now is uh, the former King now Baron Corbin. Okay. This is just, this is obscene. Baron <laughs> Corbin is 
what is he six foot ten? So he's a big guy. He's not like Big Show, but he's he's up there. Illegitimate Golden Gloves boxer, and he's letting Rick Boogs go. Hey, hey Nakamura. He he told me a joke. King me. Punch him in the face. Punch him in the mouth. Like you are Baron Corbin. Punch him. Okay, if you're down on your luck, punch him in the mouth. What are you doing? What? Ah, this is one of the most frustrating things I've seen. I've always tried to root for Baron Corbin outside of his ridiculous gimmicks. Because let's make him the constable. Let's make him the general manager. Let's make him the king. Now he's going to be happy Corbin because he's a sad Corbin right now. And don't be sad. Be a happy Corbin. Okay, sure. You don't make me a happy Corbin as if you just stop doing this to the man. <laughs> I mean, all right. I, that's fair, right? We got those three uh, King-related jokes from Rick Boogs, and I, I agree. Um, you know, Corbin, big dude. Shouldn't let the, you know, the, the, of the two of them, the, the relatively smaller Rick Boogs, make fun of him like that like you know and corbin's a little he is a bully he's he made fun of 40 g he should have no problem like you know fighting back beating up a guy that's you know steps to him but uh i will say wait i'll talk about the match and and then that post the post-match stuff there uh we saw a tag team match it was king nakamura and biggie versus paulo cruz the internal champion and uh baron corbin uh good match you know not not sure you right home about it looks like corbin might win a couple points but then then of the match, Rick Boogs let him know that his car was getting towed, and they showed that on the video screen. And when it rains, it pours. So Corbin loses his king moniker, loses a lot of money, as we, as we saw last week. And now his car got towed, presumably because it, he lost all that money. So yes, he is a sad Corbin right now. Uh, and then right because of that discre- the, the distraction of his car getting towed, Biggie pinned him. So you know, now he's also on a losing streak. And uh, and then he went backstage, got made fun of. Uh, I will and I will say uh, it was worth noting before the match. He comes out. He's still got the King Corbin entrance. He's still got the King Corbin video. He's still wearing uh, the King Corbin gear, not the crown, but the gear. So there's some layer of like denial that he doesn't want to like really accept that he's lost that. I, I, and if that's if that is the case that they're not just lazy and like continuing on with the theme in the video, I, I kind of like that 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 layer of uh, denial and uh, refusal to accept it. I kind of like that idea. And he's also let his, his facial hair grow out. He's like, he's just kind of very, he's clearly frazzled not, and he's not having a good time. Uh, and then, yes, he has a, a, a sad Corbin guy's car towed. Uh, and for me, and now we're talking about the, the Rick Boogs thing after the match. Yes, he's the bigger guy. Yes, you should fight back. But let's get real for a second. Maybe, maybe, hear me out. This is WWE kind of like in a very, very WWE not naming it way, kind of looking at some depression. King Corbin's depressed. He's not going to fight back because that's how down he is. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Stop, hold on. Nope, no, we're not doing this. So when somebody's depressed, we actively pile on? Apparently. And that's not a great way to look at mental illness, pal. I mean, what? Robert, Robert, you're talking about the company that used Jeff Hardy's alcoholism for for laughs for for that the the the, if you remember last year with Seamus the the urine sample angle they're not above that look as much as I'm a fan of seeing internet sensation Dr. Peter Ness on television I think that the Jeff Hardy stuff is at least rooted in 
reality. I don't love that they go back there all the time, but Jeff is a known, you know, he's had his issues with substance abuse. Baron Corbin lives a life of luxury on, on social media. He's got a nice watch collection. He, you know, he's a big fan of barbecuing. He does a lot of cool things. He is the picture of what Vince McMahon would consider masculinity. Why are you so determined to bring this character down? Like, I, I really think that this company is just like, it's still 2018. He's still the guy we're going to blame for all of our problems. Let's just beat up Corbin again. It kind of seems like, especially now, yeah, as you mentioned, we got the constable gimmick and all the other stuff. Now we're going with this kind of weird gimmick. But for me, I don't know. Like that, I couldn't help but kind of maybe, uh, maybe I was projecting, but trying, or maybe trying to extrapolate some meaning from, from this. Well, uh, as you know, they are hiring writers. And the job description very clearly states they need emotionally sophisticated characters, you know, such as uh, Dewdrop and uh, Eva Marie, who is very emotionally sophisticated. That's the word I think of. Matt Riddle? Oh, when I think of Matt Riddle, the emotional complexities of bro and the different ways and inflections with which he could say bro. These are emotionally sophisticated characters. This is not wrestling. No, no. This is the high quality sports entertainment. This is we're talking filet and yawn here. We're we're this is high quality stuff. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm being too generous. I just feel like or all right. Let me let me rephrase. I think there's the potential to make this something to make this complex to make it so that uh, Corbin. Is it's not just that he's down on his luck or not, that he's sad, that he is really in this rough place. And yes, it's not a good look to have uh Rick Boogs and p- p- uh, potentially uh, in, in the weeks that come, people will uh, piling on him and make him feel worse. But in the real world, if you're going through a rough time, it's not like people are gonna always, you know, walk on eggshells and make you feel good, like especially for and in some ways, with uh, you know, Zane and Owens, we talked they were talking about karma. In some ways, I guess there's that that karma uh, effect where it's like, all right, Corbin has been, uh, I said a minute ago, he has been a bully, he made fun of Shorty G. Now he's now he, uh, it's kind of his turn, he's down on the down the dumps, and he, you know, he's the he's the butt of the joke, and and that could be something, uh. I don't know. Maybe, maybe maybe I'm reaching, but I think there's the potential for for this to have that emotional complexity, and I, and I hope it does. I think this is a chance to really show. I don't know a, a legit la- loss of confidence. A guy that was the king now he's not, and what what does that mean? What how do we get from the from sad Corbin to happy Corbin? I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm reaching, but my I, I concern I'm, I'm is that happy Corbin turns into uh, when when Lord Tensai became Sweet Tea. And then we can't save him. I think Baron Corbin can be a world champion, and I I don't want him to get to the past the point beyond saving. I think he can do a lot, but they they just seem determined to do the dumbest angles. I, I and the weird thing is that they got they obviously like him. They obviously like want him to be. A featured character, if not a, if not a, a successful one, he's he's won Money in the Bank, he won King of the Ring, uh, he's feuded with Roman Reigns, he's pretty he's pretty consistently at, at 
at or near the top of the card or or at least in a in a prominent spot you were just saying that you think he could be world champion thomas belier in the comments saying corbin needs to push for the belt he's got great ability i think we've talked about before he's underrated in the ring he does good good character work you know he can he can make people boo him pretty easily he's good at that does he does the job very well we've seen reports uh recently that people like him backstage because he's cooperative with, the, with this crap they give him that he apparently doesn't, uh, i understand uh, that but at some point you know you gotta go you know what man i don't want to be happy corbin i want to be badass corbin can we put that on a t-shirt like i want to be a badass again because uh, doing you know playing along is great and you do need to be a team player to a degree but man he should be he should have been a world champion by now let's be real he won money in the bank four years ago crazy four years ago he should have been a world champion by now it, i don't know i'm hopeful for a middle ground where if if we are going with this happy corbin gimmick because they have filed for that trademark and he is baron corbin i hope that we can you you had mentioned not wanting to go too far and have him be having him go beyond redemption of being too silly or whatever but there's a chance for them to really do something different here because I, I would think happy Corbin would be a good guy Corbin. That, and that's something we haven't really a baby face Corbin. That's something we haven't, we, we haven't really seen ever uh, since maybe is very early in, in his NXT run. Um, so that will be something different. And Robert, you and I talk about all the time. Most of the, most of the time, I just want something, not just something different, but something different done. Well, I think there, I think there's potential here. I'll, I'll leave it at that. I'm, I'm hopeful. And yes, WWE, more often than not, makes me regret having that hope. But there, there I, I feel hopeful for it. And, and or the, again, at least that, that there could be something here. But regardless, the other one big thing we haven't talked about yet: Bianca Belair and Bailey. Yeah. Oh, you want to talk about emotional complexities? Boy, these women—they have had a blood feud, am I right? They've been—they've been bloodying each other up for years on end. I mean, my God, it finally got to a fever pitch where they went into hell in a cell, and that's not enough. Now one of them has to quit, right? They got to be in an I quit match at Money in the Bank because they have such a visceral hatred for one another, right? Well, why do they hate each other again, Colin? What happened there? Laughter. Laughter. Can you imagine the irrationality of saying, they laughed at me. I'm going to go beat their ass in a cage. I've already beat their ass several times before, but they were laughing at me. I'm going to go beat them in a cage. Now I'm going to beat them until they just say they quit. I, I don't look, I'm not knocking the women and I don't want it to come off that way. It's just like, this is too serious. This is too serious for a feud that just isn't. And you can't tell me that there's nobody else. You've got Liv Morgan begging for an opportunity. You've got uh, the Hazelina Vega attack Bianca Belair. She was being tossed around by Bianca during the days of the, uh, Performance Center, yep, Roz. Some history it, there. Like you got so many people. You had so many because Mickey James could just walked up to somebody and been like, "Yo, it's me," and they'd have been, "Okay, sure, you're Mickey James. We can't argue with that." Uh, come on, and I, I do. I, I think they're two of the best women in the entire company, if not the entire world. But come on, like this isn't that serious. 
it's it's not that serious and, and we, you and i've talked about it where it is a very questionable not good <laughs> motive for a feud that it's about that laughter and, and that's what it stemmed from and and yeah what i was talking about my my reaching trying to find something in the corbin stuff for me it's like all right i can kind of get behind bailey triggering bill airs and securities like, I, I get it that that's relatable in some ways and it's something we've seen before like fine but you know that, the fact it's still going and yeah wrestlemania backlash uh, bill air didn't cheat but you know kind of like rolled rolled her up you know bent the rules a little bit there was a there was a, a motive for a rematch there they wanted uh, both sides of it would want to prove definitively who's the better one you face off hell in a cell belair wins fair and square then it's time to move on that's what happened and then i was thinking about it last night like how are these two still feuding yes they're they're very good and you know i get kind of what we were saying earlier uh with owens and zane the match is good the match is gonna be good of course but the storyline has not been it and and you know the the problem is they do only have seven women on SmackDown right now. They did that wasn't the case before the releases. They had more depth, they had more ability. But then you mentioned Liv Morgan as another potential contender. But you you need someone at least in theory to present uh either to present as a real, realistic winner or to, to win the money in the bank match. And when only have seven women on SmackDown side of things, minus one for the the challenger and the title scene, then you're down to six. Like there's only so much they can really do um so i'm not, I'm not defending it by the way like to me it's just more of a, an unfortunate consequence of where we are where they don't have that much depth and you mentioned even Zelina vega yeah there's that history but like i don't think the reaction of her coming back cold and getting a title shot would be good either again what we were saying earlier for uh for how she came back for the money of the bag i think that'd be even worse if she got a title shot so well at least you could have her attack maybe you know, hook her up with somebody, maybe hook her up with a Mercedes Martinez and Mercedes does the attack in and boom, we're off and running. We got the uh, title match. Yeah. But I, I don't know. Just like you can't use the excuse of, well, there's nobody else because damn it. There was, there is. And if you want to say not now, then there, there was. definitely was yeah. yeah, because you got, you're going to tell me Ruby riot can't be a, a champion. You're going to tell me, uh, Billy Kay doing the uh, stuff with Carmella that that couldn't have parlayed into a championship thing. You're going to tell me if they're in the tag division, that that wouldn't free up Natalia, that that wouldn't free up Tamina. Like, come on. It's Even for, lazy. It is. Even for a one-off, I think there's something to be said for, for building up Natalia or Tamina for a title match like this. If, if especially, I was talking about it with Edge earlier, if it's a uh, just like a transitional feud, a one-off kind of thing, uh, kind of as a stopgap before SummerSlam, that would be possible as well. But then, you know, obviously, I guess they wanted to go with a, a tag title feud instead. So here we are. I like this this comment from Michael Covington, uh, suggesting at least that uh, or predicting that Bailey won't be losing, that uh, Sasha Banks could interfere and help her win. Instead of a triple threat <laughs> match, my problem with that. Can you imagine? I know. I know of at least one person. <laughs> who may or may not be watching that would have a conniption if they somehow managed to work this back into, hey, it's Sasha and Bailey. They're going to fight. So I don't know, man. Seems like a seems like a bad move. I do think Sasha could win the briefcase if she's a surprise entrant. 
but again, it would take a lot. Yeah. On the, on uh, the flip, flip side, another uh, kind of three-way uh, pitch here. Eddie Zahari wondering, what if Becky Lynch returns? And on the other, on the other uh, side of that, helps Bianca starts feud with Bailey. I think that's been one of the things that uh, has been, at least among fans, kind of floated for a while for when Becky Lynch does return. Bailey is, I think, the one four horse woman that she hasn't really feuded with one on one in that sense. Now, we, and with Bailey in this heel character, um, there's something said for that. I don't know if, if interfering at Money the Bank is the best way to do that. I think at this point, it's an I quit match. I think Bel Air needs that win, needs that decisive win to really kind of, I don't know, get that signature. I, I thought that's what she got at Hell in a Cell, but now that we're here uh, heading toward yet another title match with Bailey, I guess. Um, to me, it'd be, I'd be very surprised if uh, Belair lost, but uh, at the same time, Jason Michael Campbell saying that he thinks Bailey will win because it's not working with Belair. I don't think that's necessarily true. I think it's more just been a uh, lackluster booking at this point, but I'm hopeful. But usually an I quit match is the, the ultimate blow off of a feud. So for, in my mind, at least I see Belair winning. Maybe she'll have a rematch with Sasha Banks SummerSlam. I think that would be the most interesting thing they could do for her at SummerSlam at this point. Um, well, there's always there's always something interesting you can do. There is Becky. There's, hey, let's do a thing where you, you have her against Charlotte. I guess they would say that for Survivor Series. But hey, you never know. You could, again, you can call somebody up from NXT. Shotzi Blackheart, Tony Storm, were backstage last night doing uh, dark matches. There's always something you can do. This roster is deep. They've got several brands and several people. They just tend to act like those other brands don't exist and call people do drop. Like this isn't a, this isn't a one person fix. This is deeply rooted issues with the main roster, and Bianca's suffering for it. Not as much as Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley's suffering because her whole persona has just turned into a robot, but. Bianca is also suffering because she's fought one person since winning the title. She's fought one single person since winning the belt. And that was in April and it is July. So that is very distressing, concerning, uh, disappointing, whatever, whatever uh, word you want to use. Bobby uh, Lashley's at least had three different matches. You know, he... Yes. Had the triple threat with somebody who isn't even with the company anymore. He had the Hell in a Cell, and now he's going to fight Kofi. He's at least having different matches. Bianca is just Bailey. I don't know Bailey. Maybe Bailey. Like, yeah, I know. I, I agree, man. It's unfortunate that uh, it is there. It's not a one person fix. There are some more uh, deep rooted kind of things here. Uh, and even with the fans coming back, even with some big stars potentially coming back, those could be band-aid fixes. But, you know, there there's definitely some concern, maybe in a longer term sense, after I mean, after the summer, after what's, you know, who even knows, right? Uh, after some of these maybe part-timers return or whatever, I, it'd be interesting to see where we are maybe in the fall. Because I, I think we're going to get a big push for the summer, but then what? You know, I, I do think there'd be something interesting there. I just said this to, to uh, Sean Rothstapp on the Fightful review show last night. They're going to go, oh, wait till you see what we got for SummerSlam. And then after SummerSlam, it's going to be, oh, wait till you see what we got for the draft. Then after that, it's going to be, 
oh, wait till you see what we got for next year. It's always, you're just moving the needle of like what the benchmark is. And that's how they survive their entire year because you'll get to January and it'll be, oh, wait till WrestleMania. It'll all turn around then. It'll be like, it's just, okay, you're just going to keep moving that benchmark so that you never have to explain why this isn't great programming. It's true. On the plus side, uh, I'm hopeful that at least maybe Money in the Bank is an initial like step forward, but I, I'm hopeful that SummerSlam in some sense, even if it's a band-aid, even if it's a temporary thing, will be uh, maybe, I don't want to say a payoff, but as close to a validation of of, of that that hope for for things getting better in a way where yeah well like they keep moving that benchmark backwards that SummerSlam will be maybe the first time in a while that we've actually gotten uh something out of it where where uh, on paper some of the things that might be in the works for SummerSlam uh will i guess make it worth it in some ways you know i don't know we'll have to wait and see what happens but regardless robert out of 10 we'll, we'll do the show tonight or last night oh uh i, w- I would give it it's funny because i've spent a lot of time talking about issues I'd give it a solid seven and a half because that Kevin Owens Sami Zayn match was an absolute banger. I would agree. Yeah. Um, man, seven point five. That's weird for me. Though, like, there's so much I like, and then, yeah, like I was saying earlier, the stuff with Baron Corbin. I'm, I'm reaching, but I, I see something in it, so I want to rate it higher. But then some of these just the feuds never end. We got more of even the in the, in the same match, Cruz and Biggie and Nakamura and Corbin in that same match. They've been feuding forever. Bailey and Belair. We, next week, you know, we're going to get Cesaro and Rollins again. We're going to get Corbin Nakamura again. Stuff like that. It's hard because like the, the, the stuff, it's almost like an iceberg. The stuff on top of the iceberg, it's so good. It's Roman Reigns and Edge. It's... uh. You know, and plenty. Uh, Owens and Zayn was great, but then under the surface, some of these like these problems are just really uh, dragging it down. So I, I think I'll, I'll I'll be generous. I'll give it a seven point five. The stuff that was good was good. I liked it, and uh, hopefully, hopefully next week we'll, we'll you know right, we're just talking about them moving that benchmark back yet again. I'm sitting here. I'm hopeful after Money in the Bank. At the very least, we done with Bailey and Belair. We'll be done with, uh, in theory. Um, well, realistically, we talk about moving the benchmark. The benchmark is going to become in two weeks because next week is the last episode that we cover from Inside the Thunderdome. Yeah, that's huge. In two weeks, they're literally going to be like, but fans are back. Look at that. Look at how lively our shows look. Fans. We have fans again. And then they're going to go, all right, that's good enough. The fan, they're literally the people who pay to see the show will now be the good enough benchmark for WWE. It's wild. I, maybe I'm naive. Maybe I'm too hopeful. I, and the, one of the parts of the narrative here is that once the fans come back, at the very least, there's the idea that the live responses will force them to do some things differently. They won't be able to get away with some of the things that they have been doing throughout the, the pandemic era. So that's where I come off on where I hope that yeah maybe one week two week heck maybe even a month that yeah it will be like oh the fans are back it's great but then once the live fans make it kind of clear like hey we're not we're not on board of this you gotta do better whether it's the cheers or the the quote-unquote hijacking the shows or if if the ticket sales eventually 
taper off, which I don't even think they will. I think people will just flock the shows out of excitement. I if hope... there are thousands of John Clarks in the world, I think they're good. <laughs> and it seems like they are. I think the fans are going to flock to those shows. So, but I do hope. I do hope that at least the reactions, the, the 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 what we see at those shows, you know, will kind of sway what we to do maybe something's differently and again maybe that's my naivety but I, I can't help but hope but in the meantime robert we'll be here next week to talk about the final smackdown in the thunderdome it's going to be a big deal gonna hope it's gonna be a good show so we'll be here to talk about it otherwise john cocker and i are here on mondays and tuesdays to talk about raw and nxt respectively uh later today on saturday the, the diamond dudes uh two will have a new live show and they also do wcw rewritten talking about fun facebook and stuff uh, otherwise, we've got a great stream of interviews coming at you guys um, all the time. Bill Pritchard recently interviewed Weston Blake, formerly known as Wesley Blake. Uh, he's interviewed uh, Dominic recently, uh, just yesterday, interviewed uh, with the world famous CB Cheeseburger. Uh, all this stuff and more. Always uh, available. So on... much stuff coming down through the pipeline, including the Fonz. Dominic Fonds. interviewed the Fonz. Uh, Henry Winkler is going to be featured in an interview on this website do not sleep on WrestleZone. subscribe to the podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts check out everything we've got going on because everybody's working their ass off and i could not be happier to see how this site continues to flourish and colin you're a big part of that you're doing a lot of fun stuff with the ring of honor uh world and ring of honor next sunday got a pay-per-view that's going to be a lot of fun. Stay yeah, tuned to WrestleZone for all of it. And yeah. It's great stuff. And it all is. It's going to be it's a, it's a fun time. We, we've been saying it for months. We're finally, it's July. The wrestling world is very quickly now going back to some semblance of normalcy. It's a good time. So Pay zero attention to the swirling blaze inside the Gulf of Mexico because the world is getting back to normal. We can go out and do stuff again. Everybody go and enjoy wrestling. Like, this is what we've been waiting for. It feels like we're getting our lives back. That it does. And uh, with that, Robert, the one thing... We do, regardless of whatever may be going on outside the wrestling world. We try to do one thing above all others. That's right. That's right. Because the only swirling blaze we want is a swirling blaze of an enjoyment of wrestling. So when you watch whatever program you want to watch, you just sit down and enjoy wrestling. Indeed. Thanks for listening, everybody.